7.33 with Italy's infections soaring, as we were just hearing. Spanish hospitals also overflowing, France ordering 250 million masks. It's fair to say Europe is up against it in the midst of a COVID-19 crisis. And now all arrivals flying in from Europe will be tested after around 15% of the latest confirmed cases here involve people who had apparently been infected abroad. Another way of saying that is 15 people out of 98 arrivals. Let's discuss, uh, sorry, out of 98 new infections, just to be absolutely clear. But let's discuss such measures to control the outbreak with Professor Mary Louise McLaws from the University of New South Wales, member of the WHO's Health Emergencies Programme Experts Advisory Panel. Thank you for taking the time. It's a pleasure to be with you. So this idea of trying to flatten the curve, scientists and epidemiologists are working on analysing how to determine which countries are successfully controlling the outbreak. And often it does look like a, a graph that shoots up in the air, like what happened in South Korea, and then, and then starts to plateau. Um, can you elaborate for us on, on that effort globally? So what we've been seeing and what, what you have witnessed in South Korea is a doubling uh, every two days in South Korea. And then finally, uh, with your courageous efforts to contain it, it started to flatten. So it's now looking as if it's doubling every five days. And so one would like it to start doubling every 10 days. In other words, it's starting to peter out. Uh, So that's what it should start to look like. Uh, In Australia, for example, um, COVID is doubling every three days. And that doesn't look as if it's going to start flattening out anytime soon. Um, So uh, Korea, of course, has done amazing uh, work in testing, isolating, providing finances to those who are in isolation and hardship um, tracking so that the population can identify where uh, COVID has been found, uh, which is very clever. So that makes them then feel as if they're in control and they can wash their hands and have social distancing. Um, So they put in place um, a lot of the uh, requirements that WHO have been uh, trying to encourage other countries, such as testing, 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 as the uh, Director General keeps reminding everybody, and South Korea has uh, put in place even innovative drive-throughs as well. I mean, we're getting a lot of credit really because, I guess, of the shooting up of cases that we saw earlier on in this outbreak. But there, there are still uh, clusters, and there is a sense, at least that I feel, that we're not out of the woods yet. And perhaps in response to complacency, the government has come out and and actually imposed stricter measures on, on various venues to try and make sure they all stay low for the next couple of weeks, which they see as being a very important time. Does that all make sense to you? It does. I mean, you're still in the high 8,000s, um, but this reflects what has happened seven days ago because that's about the average incubation period, five to seven days. So really, it's all a reflection of uh, how many uh, cases did you get five to seven days ago. Um, So you're not out of the woods, and uh, neither is China. And China uh, has really had uh, a reminder 
uh, of imported cases and that they have to be very mindful they're on a, uh, a tipping point of going back to where um, they were before and they, like you, are ensuring um, that they don't go backwards. So I'm just hoping that South Koreans, of course, don't get uh, coronavirus fatigue and isolation fatigue, um, but really it's so important to continue um, the important uh, cooperation that your country has shown and uh, it's uh, known worldwide for uh, such uh, good cooperation. There are local factors. We talked extensively earlier on in this outbreak about what happened in Daegu with the Shincheonji sect and so on. When you look at Seoul, with relatively few cases um, in the 300s. And Hong Kong, for example, is a parallel to that, 317 cases. Uh, You can look around outside of China, for example, uh, Singapore, 455 cases. Japan, there's been some debate because of the Diamond Princess anomaly and whether it's actually carrying enough testers, uh, but... Overall, it's just over a thousand cases there uh, in total. Would you suggest that several Asian countries generally in this region are doing something right in the prevention mold from the outset? And if so, what would that be? It's not just South Korea, in other words. Yes. Look, um, well, if you have a look at the at the graph for the trajectory, um, sadly, it's now uh, the European countries that that are heading towards an apocalyptic uh, number. And they're wealthy countries, although some places like Italy have had um, a failure to keep up uh, with their health system um, investments. And, uh, of course, with they're now being overloaded with an unexpected number of cases, and that health system is buckling under that. Um, so you've, you've got a, a several factors. You've got a government in uh, many of these Asian countries that have been ensuring that the health system has been kept um, up to uh, up to speed um, and so that when there is a surge, um, they are not scrambling around for uh, negative air pressure rooms, ventilation, uh, personal protective equipment, trained staff, Uh, that sort of thing, they've already got it in place. There's a lot of these patients going in are critically ill or severely ill and they need um, ventilation. Uh, And, of course, in some countries they're now, like Italy, are running out of ventilators. So we have... We have that. We have the government uh, supporting the health system uh, historically. Uh, We also have a behavioural issue, I think, and a memory of the past. Mm. Uh, So uh, we don't have in Europe a memory of the past of SARS. And I think that 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 memory of 17 years ago is still very much alive in the authorities' minds and in the community. So when they are asked to do something, they cooperate. And it's not just that China cooperates because it could be seen as authoritarian or Singapore uh, democratic but still more authoritarian than South Korea, uh, for example, or Japan. Um, It's it's a mindset that the Asian countries have of understanding that close living requires cooperation. So in South Korea, for example, 
you've got half the population density that China has, but nevertheless, you are very quick to understand the cooperation. Now, for example, Malaysia and Indonesia, um, they are now sadly on a trajectory of doubling every three days, mm. and there doesn't look like any um, any plateauing out. So uh, one of their uh, risk factors may be, I don't have any evidence yet, um, but uh, large groupings for for either social or religious reasons can put people in danger. And it takes an, a very big understanding of when you can't do something. And it's very, it's very difficult. It's um, it's not what we're used to, uh, but uh, populations in Japan, Singapore, Korea um, have understood um, that they don't have a choice. Uh, so I, I would uh, commend uh, the Southeastern Asian countries for understanding that and responding rapidly. Doing a, See, you've been doing testing of asymptomatic cases, which yes. is really important. And most countries haven't been putting that that in place. Um, sure, they'll test asymptomatic if there's been a potential uh, contact of a case. Uh, but you've had many drive-ins uh, where people can be tested, uh, where other countries have been trying to save their test kits and having a, to apply a very ri- a rigorous uh, definition of a risk. A case to be tested, which means that we often don't know what's happening out in the community. The, the thing is, if you look at what France is doing, as I mentioned before, ordering 250 million masks, there's still this debate over whether masks are effective or not. But in amongst this conversation that we've just been having about countries in Asia, the ones that we've mentioned that are doing pretty well um, South Korea among them, especially if we isolate Seoul and look at the number of cases in a city of 10 million, and you look at Japan, you look at Singapore, you look at Hong Kong, there's this widespread wearing of masks. And and even when people are going back to work and moving around quite freely as they have been doing here, it feels to me like the main difference between South Korea and London in that respect is mask wearing. Uh, am I missing something there? No, look... Um Outside of uh, Korea, um, Italy, and well, yes, definitely Italy and China, um, people see masks as something that we need to save for healthcare workers. Uh, but South Korea, Italy, and China are in the um, epicenter of their own um, epidemic. And therefore, those that are around who have not been tested positive are susceptible and the probability of them becoming infected is much, much higher than was initially perceived in the European countries. But they've had a meteoric um, rise in cases uh, and not in a good way. Um, and they have been behind in thinking, well, social distancing is one thing, but also it needs to be coupled with good hand hygiene, um, staying indoors as much as possible, or wearing a mask. Now, I know that uh, the masks are um, being discussed as becoming uh, Few, few in number for healthcare workers, and even some health uh, countries are talking about what we call extended use. 
So not reusing them yet, but using them over several patients who are in the same ward Mm. to try to conserve the number of masks. The sort of masks you need to wear in the community are not those fashionable black ones uh, because I'm not sure that they have passed um, the test for the most penetrating particle, which is a salt particle, and the mask has to prevent uh, up to 95% of penetration. So I'm not sure that those very... um, Fashionable ones work. Uh, certainly the cloth ones we know do not work because the fashionable black ones are a fairly re, uh, recent um, addition to the wardrobe. But we know surgical or otherwise known as medical masks work very well if they're of high quality. We need to also explain to the public as you've probably had a lot of education in the public about how to put it on with clean hands if you are going to reuse it and sometimes you may have to to fold it uh on the with the outside folding into Mm. each other and putting it in a bag to then then clean your hands and then you're going to put it back on with clean hands for unfold very carefully to put it back on your face However, most infection prevention uh, experts would probably like the community to wear a clean mask if you have to take it off. So uh, these are some of the dilemmas about supply, uh, how you educate the public, how to use them. Um, but I would suggest that um, in the European countries uh, like um, France, uh, Germany, for example, I think they're going to have to start in the epicenters. I mean, Germany's already up past 24,000, Spain 28,000. They they can't wait to have to learn from Italy uh, to start understanding that they may need to now start giving out masks and instructions. But that hand hygiene and social distancing... I mean, we know from research that the social distancing is very hard for people to to gather. Um, How far is two metres? And some are talking about a metre. But we know that some particles of even larger size may go further than a metre. So that metre rule for droplets was based on smallpox, but we haven't updated it recently And during the SARS 2003 outbreak, um, that one metre rule was debunked because there was a suggestion that droplets could uh, uh, be uh, coughed out and pushed out further. So when the social distancing becomes two and a half metres, for example, influenza, which we know can travel 2.5 metres and infect an animal model, Mm. it becomes nearly impossible. And that's where you then need to add the masks with the education. Understand. I mean, it's very useful to get your thoughts on that because people might be looking at other countries and thinking, well, maybe masks are not necessary, uh, seeing as what the US Surgeon General said a while ago and and so on. But... um, we're still doing the mask rations here and I think many people are still complying. Professor McLaws, we're at that moment now to say thank you very much and uh, good luck with all your work for the rest of the outbreak. Thank you and, and keep up the good work and get that uh, curve flattening. Thank you. Take care. You too.